Welcome to the podcast. We do recover with Jared Miller, your host. And I'm Dr. Terry Sellers, your co-host. This is a podcast about recovery from addiction. We want to talk about what successful recovery can look like. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center, Rise Up Subs, and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. All right, welcome everybody to episode number 145, I believe, of We Do Recover with Jared Miller. I'm Dr. Terry Sellers, the co-host. We have our coast host co-host as well you we have our host jared miller in jared the house. miller yeah yep yeah and we got sean denovan in the building sean what's up over there Whoa. all right there's sean i don't know what that was a whale mating call of some sort but um okay what are we talking about today doc uh we episode 145 is going to be about kratom Ooh. it's going to be a fun topic i think we'll have a good time with it it's uh it's an interesting topic we got some great articles. Yeah, and some people, um, s- some of our listeners are going to know something about Kratom, but I think there's a lot to discuss, and a lot of people know very little about Kratom. So I think it'll be a fun topic. But before we get into episode number 145, episode number 145 is brought to us by... Steps Recovery Centers. Let's show our sponsors some love. Steps Recovery Centers is an adult substance abuse and mental health treatment provider. Steps Recovery Centers provides all levels of care. They have a medical detox facility, multiple residential treatment centers, and outpatient ser- services reaching from the top of Utah to the bottom. That's recovery. Where we're at. We're at the bottom. <laughs> yes, we are. Thanks, Denovan. Right now. Recovery starts with you, and at Steps Recovery Centers, there is always hope. Call them today at 801-800-8142 or visit their website at stepsrc.com to learn more. We also have... A second sponsor. Second sponsorship. Yep. Rise Up Subs? Rise Up Supplements. Rise Up Supplements is a supplement line aimed at optimizing brain function and supporting mental health. They have two powerful blends. The first one is Mindful Mood. It helps decrease anxiety and enhance mood. It's got some lion's mane in there, some rhodiola, some guayuche, some rose hips. It's the slow down, feel good formula. They also have Mind Shift. helps increase focus and optimize brain function. Uh, I don't know the ingredients off the top of my head, but it is one powerful, beautiful formula. Place your order at riseupsubs.com. That's R-I-S-E-U-P-S-U-P-S.com at checkout punch in in all caps podcast 20 to save yourself 20% off your entire purchase today just for being a listener, just because we love you. Oh, sweet. We appreciate them sponsoring this podcast. Hey, interesting. I want to, um, before we move on, before we move on from that, that uh, sponsor, uh, one of the things we might talk about towards the end of this episode is sort of how we treat ourselves in recovery and the things that we can do to make things, make ourselves feel better, to make our health better, to make our, because we too often as people who suffer with the disease of addiction, we turn to quick fixes, right? One of the things that we don't spend a lot of time doing is is uh, evaluating our nutrition, how, what we're eating, how we're eating, that sort of stuff. And supplements can be very helpful along those lines to optimize how your brain actually works. And so I think it's timely that we have this sponsor. It'll be good that we'll talk about, I think we'll probably talk about some supplements towards the end. But Absolutely. a lot of things we can do that we neglect when we get into recovery. Yeah, and it's interesting being the owner of a supplement company. When I read this, a couple of these articles that we're going to jump into, a few things jumped out at me, like no recommended dose, no listing of ingredients. Right. Like no, I mean, on one of them, one of the articles, it, it literally says the only thing the package said was train wreck. Train wreck was the train name. Train wreck was one the, of our only, the only, the yeah. only, uh, anyways. Gonna, that's, that's the whole, that's the whole description of what it is, train wreck. Right? So working in the herbal and supplement field, yeah, I was like floored because there's no way that like through my manufacturer, any of that could ever pass. Right. So how are they doing it? So it's interesting, and we'll talk about this, I think in a minute, but it's interesting that people get by with, with very little, um, data and very little information to the public. Right. So I think that's, we'll get to that, but uh, I just I just wanted to mention that I think supplements can be an important part of living a healthy lifestyle. Uh, okay, but before we get to yeah, our topic, been, we got the new and good portion of the podcast. <laughs> We're still... What are we, what's new and good in your life? I just celebrated my 38th birthday. What the heck? And it was really cool, man. My mom came Wait, down... You're 38? 
Yes, I'm 38 Man, years old. You got old. some city miles on you. <laughs> yeah, as you can see by the receding hairline, I'm starting to get. I'm starting to be an old man. What are you talking Somebody about? Somebody told me with age, with or with wisdom, your hairline redacts. Is that true? Uh, I, is this is this evidence of me getting wiser or is that no, just it's evidence of uh, high testosterone levels is it it sort of is <laughs> testosterone does cause is a partial cause of male pattern baldness also uh hereditary it's yeah it's you look funny. at all the males in my father's side of the family every single one of them's got the Middle-aged male balding. It's funny. Last night, as uh, I was packing my suitcase last night to come down here, right, and I, I'm a, I'm always up late, but I was watching a Jim Jeffries comedy special. You know who Jim Jeffries is? No idea. Oh, he's you got to watch Jim Jeffries. He's hilarious. He's okay. either Australian or New Zealander or something, but he's got that heavy Australian accent. And he was talking about the transgender community, and he said, "How come no transgenders ever emulate?" A man with male pattern baldness. <laughs> he says I don't know, they all should. the transgender people have perfect hair, <laughs> yeah. and he was he was kind of angry about it. But anyway, uh, okay. Own. Let me get back to yeah. so for my thirty eighth birthday. Yeah, have you ever had one of those birthdays that it seems like it lasted all week? Okay, no, so, yes, so no. So my mother and my mother in law both came down. Whoa, last weekend, house full. Yeah, it was fun. We, you know, went and did some miniature golf and okay. we went and did some some hiking and some trail walking and took the dogs out. We ate at uh Red Fort. I love Indian food. Okay. It was delicious. Good. I'm glad you got so, to do that because really I don't like Indian food and we usually go out to eat when I come down. So <laughs> I know. I'm glad you got your Indian food out of the way. Yeah, man. What's your new and good? What uh, so it? I got Besides one. watching comedies. Well, I got one. <laughs> that guy's really funny and you really should check him out because he's funny. <laughs> I will. Uh, he is not from the United States of America and can very freely use the F word. So if that offends you at all, you might not want to, but, um, you've been warned other than that. He's really funny. Um, well, I got, yeah, I got something new and good and that, uh, and it is, I'm going to get to, I'm going, so I grew up in Florida and I haven't been back for a very long time. My mother, who has now passed on, was diagnosed with breast cancer, I believe, in 1994 or so. And I went back shortly after she was diagnosed. And that's the last time I've been there. So it's been 30 years Oh wow! since I've been back to Florida. But that's where I grew up. And my brother called me the other day. Uh, I have a brother that lives in uh, Arizona. And he called up and says, hey, let's go to Florida. And I'm like, eh, okay, it sounds cool. I don't know if I have quite enough money right now to go to Florida. But he said he said to me, I got all kinds of sky miles. I can pay for the tickets because it'll just be miles. Love, bro. And he said, like I, can get, I can get the Airbnb. And I'm like, oh, well, I just I get to go to Florida for all I have to do is provide my food. And I'll be there. My golf fees. So <laughs> we're going to go to Florida, just my brother and I. We're nice. going to probably rent a, you know, like a... Uh, Mustang convertible or something there to Way the top cool. of all that, and we're just going to drive around. We're going to go see all our old stomping grounds, visit some people. I will expect some pictures on social we're media. Definitely going to put. I'll definitely you put some pictures some on social gram. media. Yeah. yeah, Sean Deniman, what's new and good, buddy? What's been up? What's look at this place? Looks like a rocket ship. Yeah, we, we got the, some fixing up. Let's see if I get the uh, super wide shot. You can't see everything here. That shows my middle aged balding. Don't do that. So one. yeah, new desks, new wiring. I got things ninety eight percent done in here. But that's just how it looks like we're in the Starship Enterprise, right? If I didn't know any better, I would think Sean Denovan's a tweaker. Oh, he's, yeah, he's always tweaking stuff. He's, he's, he's yeah. always changing he's stuff. He's always fiddling with stuff, no question. <laughs> he loves that. I don't know. What drug can I use to either enhance it or stop it? Methamphetamine. Uh, oh, what do you have to do with that one? Well, you have to lose your teeth. <laughs> yeah, I got good teeth. That's a trade off. You got to be <laughs> Yeah, don't do that. Well, You'll my, lose well your I had teeth. braces for five years, so that I can't do that. Mom would be mad. Well, I think the problem is that would enhance. Enhance your twi- your Twitter your my your ability. Who knows your, if he's ADHD? It might slow him down. That's true too. Yeah, it yeah, might you it never could know. slow you down. Anyway, new and good. Got the bike back. All right. It's been, it was in Vegas for the last couple of weeks getting fixed. Okay. The bike is ready for Alaska. Whoa! You're oh, going to Alaska. Yeah. When's that? Uh, it's going to be in June. All right. When it's and warm. Are you? So now I'm doing some are practice rides. Are you taking rides the bike all the way to Alaska, or are you trailering the bike to Alaska? I am riding the there. bike. I, From I will, here to Alaska. Yes, my butt will go on the seat here in St. George, and Uh-oh. north <laughs> I go, you know 7,000 miles. So you're going to have to get a like a like a shovel to 
get your butt off of that seat in Alaska. The jaws you'll of life to cut him. Yeah, you'll be glued loose. to that seat. By oh, that no. I, I got, it's got a heated seat and heated handlebars. Oh, my uh, God. I got a heated bougie. jacket. Actually, I took it up to Duck Creek last weekend. Pretty bougie. So it's 30 degrees. And I'm like, okay, extra pair of socks. I'm good to go. So the, the fancy jacket, the fancy pants work. All right. There, so there you, you go. go. There he you just go. said fancy pants. Fancy <laughs> pants. <laughs> <laughs> wee, wee. Oh, yeah. By the way, we're going to be taking a pause in podcasts at the end of June because I'll be in Alaska. Okay. Sounds groovy. So we'll make it happen. <laughs> we'll make, you're not going to be in Alaska for like six weeks, though, are you? No, like three weeks. Oh, okay. Two and a half, three we'll weeks. We'll figure it out. Nothing we'll big. make it. We'll make it happen. We'll record like seven in May, and then we'll be there good. There you go. All right. So uh, let's get on to our topic. It's, where do you want to start? Well, I want to talk about Kratom. What okay. do we know about Kratom? Anybody know anything about Kratom? I know it's an herb. I know it's a plant. It's, it's a, an extract. Okay, so it yeah. comes from Asia off comes of like from, a tree or something. Comes off a tree. Comes from the leaves of a tree in uh, Southeast Asia. So you're board certified in addiction medicine. Correct. What does it do? Well, let's, let me just explain what it is first, and then we'll talk about what it does in the brain. It comes off of this tree in Indonesia, which, oddly enough, I went to a, I went on my mission to Indonesia. I didn't know there was such a tree there, but there's a lot of cool things in Indonesia. But it, so it's been used by humans um, for centuries, for hundreds of years in Southeast Asia, right? Uh, but in the just the pure leaf form, like they would chew the leaves, like like South uh, like South Americans do with coca leaves, right? Right. Um, they'll chew the leaf, and it provides them a little. Sometimes different uh, people get different effects from it, but it can provide a little bit of energy in lower doses, and then act a little bit more like. So it acts like a stimulant in low doses. It goes in the brain and um, kind of speeds people's brains up a little bit mm. in low, low doses, mm. and that's the dose you get out of a leaf. Right, but it's organic form. Right, it, that's right. So this is one. We're going to get to this argument, right? But everyone says, "Oh, it's all natural." Well, it is if you pluck the leaf off the tree and put it in your mouth. I'm going to give you that. That's all natural. Yeah. What we see in the U.S., we don't have any of those trees that grow here. There's no such thing as a tree as the tree that kratom comes from in this country. Right, it's all imported. It's all imported, and they yeah. don't import just dried leaves. They import it in all different kinds of on all different forms. The forms come as either a powder, or um, sometimes it's not quite powder. It's crunched up leaves and stuff, and that's close. But uh, it comes in liquids. But the powders and the liquids are all, re first of all, it's been bred again, like every, like marijuana, right? They add alkalines to it. Right. That's so, what we talked about in the article. Yep, so they got all kinds of additives, A, and then B, they uh, they make it a lot more potent. They, sure. They concentrate it. They basically this is very similar to the, to the, the thc right. the medical marijuana that we talked about right. right in its in its holistic or organic form it's one thing once it's all developed and well once it's man we've been manufactured right. yeah then it becomes something else yeah so if you remember this about the thc the thc the kids smoked in my high school when i was going to high school was about three percent thc today it's like 90 and, so, and you can get stuff today that's yeah. in the 90 percent so this so same sort of process here we don't have anything with uh, kratom that's 90 percent, but it's 10 to 20 times more potent than just the leaf is Okay, so, so so that's a little backstory on it, a little origin. Right. So why do individuals take kratom in the first place? And is it possible to overdose on kratom? Yes. Today's title is Deadly Kratom. Yeah. Diaries. I think we're gonna get to some stories. So here's the yeah, here's the thing is Kratom does like I said, there's two there's two processes in the brain. It probably elevates serotonin levels in your brain, which is how it enhances mood. Mm. Many of the antidepressants elevate serotonin levels in your brain and thereby enhance mood. Well, that in lower doses is what Kratom can do is enhance, is increase serotonin levels in your brain. But as you get higher and higher doses, it starts to bind to mu opiate receptors, which is the exact same receptor that every decent opiate that that right I, that i ever receptors took is painkillers right every painkiller that's not you know not ibuprofen and tylenol i'm talking about the ones right. that are derived from the poppy plant or synthetically derived 
So the synthetic things are like fentanyl and, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of synthetics, tramadol, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that stuff's not made in nature. It's right. in a lab. But a lot of the stuff we get comes from the poppy plant, the, the opiates now, not the kratom comes from the poppy plant and we do all different things with it and we wind up with codeine, we wind up with morphine, we wind up with with um, hydrocodone, oxycodone, mm. those sort of things. They're all derivatives off of that poppy plant. So kratom activates the same receptors in the brain. So kratom goes into the brain and binds to that exact same receptor. So no it, wonder why people... It are... doesn't turn it on the same strength as uh, many of the opiates do. Sure. Okay, so it's, a, it's not as potent quite as an opiate. But it turns the opiate receptor on, and you get the same effects out of turning that receptor on as you would with any other opiate. Maybe, again, like I said, not quite as powerful. Okay. Uh, So it has the potential to depress respiration, which is what Mm. opiates can do, right? In super high doses, opiates can completely stop respiration, which is how people overdose and die typically on opiates. Well, you you can have the same thing with Kratom. It's going to take a big dose, but... You can have that same thing with kratom. It can suppress respiration, and it does, frankly, but it doesn't do it to the extent that opiates do. But so you get that. That's one of the things. And then there's the, the other chemical in it is the alkaloids, which um, the alkaloids are what mod- what increase your serotonin levels. And it's the and it's mitragynine is the name of the chemical that binds to the opiate receptor and causes opiate-like effects. And based on some of what I've read, I don't know if it's the article we're going to get to, but one of the articles when I was just doing some research on this topic, they also sometimes combine it with other herbal um, formulas that help with like relaxation or increased energy or increased mood. Uh, And that's from what I've read where the lethal combination comes in. Yes. When it's typically mixed with other ingredients, and especially if an individual is on prescription medications. Sure. So one of the things that kicked off us deciding to do this episode was a couple of articles that we had both seen um, that were about overdose deaths from Kratom rising. And, and particularly one of them was about overdose deaths in Florida, which is, again, where I'm from. But uh, uh, the Tampa Bay Times, which is a newspaper, had done a had done an in-depth report and sent out a number of reporters and they explored these this increase in deaths and they reported that there was like 338 overdose deaths uh most of them had combinations of stuff so 587 let me just real quick let me cite the source. So yeah. it is the Tampa Bay Times. Yeah. The title is Deadly Dose. Right. It was published December 7th of 2023, and it has a whole list of authors, basically the research team that Dr. Sellers is right. talking about, that right. I can't pronounce half their last name, so we won't. Well, that's because they're from Florida. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, yeah, what you're, you're talking right. about I'm sorry, is, there was 533... Uh, 587 total. Right. 533 of them involved another substance. But there were 46 of them that were Kratom only. Just Kratom. Just Kratom was the only substance they found that was abnormal, and it was ruled by the coroner an overdose death based on just Kratom. I can hear listeners being like, there's no way. There's no way you can die from Kratom. You can buy this at a Maverick. You could buy this at a, at a See, grocery store. You could buy this at a vape shop. Okay, I like this. Let's get into this right? thing, right? I, I can like literally hear people being like, there's no way. And yet these well, numbers came from a coroner. Right. These numbers came right. from somebody who, who did an autopsy right. on 587 bodies right. and a toxicology report and came back. And, that, and the goal of the coroner was to figure out the cause of, cause death, of death, right? Cause of death. That's what they all want. It's not like what somebody they do. had Kratom in their system and they got hit by a bus. And right. <laughs> right. Like right. these are these, these are, are autopsies. Autopsies. Right. If the guy had a broken neck, then the coroner <laughs> right. would not have called it an <laughs> overdose death, death, right? It would be a broken neck. Right. For sure. Just want and, to clarify and, that. And they don't call it a kratom overdose death just based on the fact that they found kratom at the scene. They call it a kratom overdose death because they tested every fluid in their body and found kratom and nothing else. The ones that were kratom only. Yeah. They found nothing else. And then the the ones that weren't kratom only, of those, interestingly enough, sorry, I got away from my microphone, 
um, of those. Oh, I lost that stat real quick. 533. Yeah, but there was, uh, I was going to read what the substances were, but I can't remember where that was in the article. But anyway, uh, many of them had other opiates, which is a super deadly combo. Let's jump into that topic. One of the things that I want to talk about is the tragic story of Jonathan. Jonathan was in recovery. He was a 33-year-old man. He has a picture, a beautiful picture of his wife and his child. You cool if I dive into this, yeah, this yeah. story? Let me point out one thing about Jonathan. Also worked in a treatment center. Yes, worked in a treatment center. In recovery, working in a treatment center. He'd struggled with alcohol and pain pills prior to... Uh, you know, his recovery talks about his wife in her phone. His nickname was Superman because he'd overcome so many hard things. Uh, he decided to try Kratom because of some depression symptoms he was having. Depression, they, they, I think depression and anxiety. I depression think is what anxiety. he decided. Yeah. They went through some tough times. They had a doctor who, or sorry, a daughter who had some um, biomedical struggles. And so he fell on kind of some hard times and. He probably thought what a lot of people advertise this as. It's all natural. It's all natural. It's safe. And it's at Maverick. And I've actually even Or heard, if it's not at Maverick, it's at a smoke shop at least. I've actually... Or on the World Wide Web. Right. I've actually heard people like say that you can use this to come off of opiates as like a detox or like a withdrawal relief. And it makes sense when you think about it because, you know, like it's an herb, it activates the same receptors... But here's the problem. Those of us that have the disease of addiction, if we could if we could have moderated pain pills, we would have moderated pain pills. I think that's I think this is a very important distinction that we need to make. Most of the audience that listens to this podcast has either struggles with past history of substance abuse or, or loved at least loved ones that have struggles with past history of substance abuse, right? And so that that's a totally different population than Joe Schmo. Yeah. Now, the guy you're talking about, um, what was his name again? Derek? Wait, Jonathan. Jonathan, right. Jonathan Damp or something like that was his last name. Jonathan had a history of substance abuse. So you should make a big distinction in when we're talking to people about whether they should consider using Kratom or not, and obviously we're probably going to come down on the side of please don't, but... Um, it's a different answer for people with no history of substance abuse than it is people with a history of substance abuse. Now, I, I think that um, I think it's interesting. This, this I want to keep going on, Jonathan, but I think that one of the things I wanted to point out, and we're almost out of time in this segment, but uh, Kratom is not regulated by the FDA at all. It has no FDA distinction whatsoever. It's not sold as a medication. It's sold as a supplement. Um, but even supplements, you're in the supplement industry. Yeah. You guys list every ingredient in your supplement. Absolutely. There are no restrictions here. There are, they don't have to list what's in the stuff. They, sometimes they, uh, we're going to talk yeah, later say, about this, because I, I want to I want to come back to that because yeah, we, I don't know we how will come back. This. But basically, they don't have to say what's in their stuff, and so you don't know how potent it is. You don't know what to what the dose is supposed to be. Some of the time, you're right. buying a bag of kratom, and that's 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 you. Now you have all the information when you buy that bag of kratom. That's all the information you get right there. In the early evening, Jonathan was streaming Godzilla versus Kong with his wife. <laughs> she stayed upstairs at their home. She was sick in bed. Jonathan was downstairs. They both were watching the same show at the same time. They pushed play at the same time. Man, this is like this is funny. Oh, I think it's well. It's not funny that he sad, died, um, but it's funny that they're maybe she th watching maybe she the same show at the same time, yeah. but some but in different rooms. During the movie, Jonathan was quiet. He didn't answer her text messages. His wife figured he'd just fallen asleep. Hours sure. later, he was gone. The medical determiner, the medical the medical examiner determined he took a lethal dose of kratom. No other substances were detected in his system. His family and friends couldn't believe it. How could something so available be so dangerous? Oh man, look at that picture of his wife and kid. Yeah. So, so because of cases like this, there's another case listed in here as well of a lady down in Miami. But because of cases like this, then the Tampa Bay Times decided to launch this investigation, right? And they took, 
they said reporters, and there were multiple reporters listed, analyzed thousands of pages of autopsy and toxicology reports, police documents, company records, interviewed over 150 scientists, doctors, policy experts, regulators, industry players, consumers, and relatives of overdose victims. They also tested 20 Kratom products. So they basically did like research. So that's the gist of this report, this in-depth report by the Tampa Bay Times. We're about out of time here. We'll get back to this at the end of the at the end of our uh, break here. But a lot to cover. We got a lot of stuff. We twenty five more minutes to jump into it. Yeah, this would be a good one. We'll get it. Anyway, um, thanks for listening, and we'll take a quick break and answer our. You'll hear something from our sponsors, and then we'll be back right after that. You are listening to We Do Recover with Jared Miller and co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. We'll be right back after this short break with more of We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Brought to you by Sepsi Recovery Center, Rise Up Sups in the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. If you or your loved one is trapped in the cycle of addiction, there is a way out. At Steps Recovery Center in Utah, we believe in second chances and new beginnings. Our evidence-based treatments, compassionate staff, and supportive community guide you on the path to recovery. It is time to reclaim your life. Take the first step towards freedom, resilience, and a brighter tomorrow. Reach out to Steps Recovery Centers today. Recovery starts with you. And at Steps, there is always hope. Call us or visit our website to learn more. We welcome you back to We Do Recover with Jared Miller, co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center, Rise Up Sups in the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. And now with part two of our podcast, Jared Miller and Dr. Terry Sellers. All right, welcome back, everybody. Part two, episode 145 of We Do Recover with Jared Miller. I am Dr. Terry Sellers, your co-host. Jared Miller's here. He's the host of this spaceship rocketing through space on a rock. <laughs> and uh, we have our engineer and head tweaker, tinkerer, whatever he is. Uh, and if you'll notice, he's messing with the camera now. We're moving in and out, and I'm getting dizzy. And Sean Denovan. Oh, anyway. so this is weird. This is weird. Talk so these new cameras I got, yeah. uh, some of them have gesture control. Gesture control. Gesture. So, uh, so can you, Jared, what, what did you do a second ago? You put, I think you put up a peace sign. Yeah. Part so, two. Look at that. Wow. You, you did that. I did that. Wait, so what I'm, happened? So I'm going to zoom in. All righty. <laughs> now, now do the peace sign again. Do it again. Peace oh. sign. This is so cool. Look at this. Look at the camera. That's oh, awesome. So now wow. I have to disable that's that because awesome, you're messing Danny. up my camera. No, I think that's fine. Anyway, okay. what was the sponsor? Sean's got stuff. Oh, we have a sponsor, Hilton <laughs> Garden Inn, by the way. So if you happen to be traveling through southern Utah... Take a shot at stopping at the Hilton Garden Inn because the Hilton Garden Inn is this is a lovely hotel in St. George. If you just give them a quick little Google search, uh, Hilton Garden Inn has been our sponsor almost since the beginning, and they have been really good to us. But we love the Hilton Garden Inn for a number of reasons. I stay there a lot when I come down, and uh, the rooms are lovely and large. The Facilities always clean. The pool's great. The hot tub's great. The staff is amazing, and I think you will not regret it if you if you stop and stay at the Hilton Garden Inn. So yeah, give them a shot at your give, business. Give that a give that a shot. All well, right, let's get back to where we were. We were talking about kratom, and we talked at the very end of the first segment. We were talking about how the Tampa Bay Times launched this big, pretty big investigation, pretty in depth investigation of yeah. kratom. They looked at all of the. Autopsy reports of the people that had overdosed and, and, and Kratom had been at least determined to be part of the reason they had died, and they found a bunch of stuff. So we want to get into sort of some of the findings of this report. Here's what they did for their research. They bought, the, the again, the uh, Tampa Bay Times bought 20 products. 20 different Kratom products. 20 different Kratom products. And they had a university in the area. I'm not sure the exact university. So probably of University of South Florida would be my guess because that's in Tampa. Run testing on them. But before they got to the testing, here's what they noticed when, when they got these products. 20 products total. Okay. Five of them had no information about ingredients. So you didn't know if it was just pure kratom. You didn't know if it had alkalines in it. You didn't know if it was mixed with kava. You didn't know if it was mixed with, you know, anything else. 11 of them 
no dosing instructions. Wow. How do you take it? How much do you take? How often do you take it? Those are kind of some important items. 13 of them had no details about potency. So no levels, right? There's no like one capsule equals 1300 milligrams, nothing like that. Right. And here's, here's what I was going to get into when, when I do a supplement to get the label approved, there are certain things that it has to have in it. It has to have each ingredient listed. Okay. It has to have an amount that's in it and it has to have a dose or recommended dose, right? right. So like right. The, the mindful mood and the mind shift, it's take one to three capsules depending on desired effect. There are some small people who are a little bit more uh, easily affected by them. There are big guys like me that are 220 pounds that can take three of them. Sure. Right. And so, but again, on the label, it has to have all that information. But you, on right. these products, on on your product, on right. your supplement, you have a recommended dose there, right? You tell people about how much of your product they should take. And which when what's in each capsule. Yeah, which when you're manufacturing supplements, you, for the most part, any United States-based source that you're having them produced by, that's a requirement because right. they get audited from, right, right from fe- federal, federal regulations. So the thing that makes me wonder is like the people that are selling Kratom and these 20 different products... I would say most likely they're just getting them direct shipped from outside of the United States and not even manufacturing them in the United States because there are certain protocols you're supposed to have. No and if question. it doesn't have this information, they're not following those protocols. No question. So the, um, so the, yeah. So I, I just want to briefly mention many of us that are in the, that are in recovery, we have a terrible distrust of the FDA, mm-hmm. right? I think we're right to distrust um, Big Pharma. Okay. I think Big Pharma can be a real problem at times. The FDA overall, I think, is a pretty decent organization. They provide us with a very safe drug supply, and they, they, they for sure add cost to medications, no question about that. But because of the FDA, when you take a medication, you know exactly what you're getting, and you know what the side you have the ability to know what the side effects are, what the effects are, what the proper dose is, all of that stuff. That's from the FDA. We should not be so suspicious of the FDA, but we can be suspicious of big pharma. Right. You can say FDA screwed up in in allowing like maybe so many opiates to be on the market. But the truth is the big pharma companies, particularly Purdue, right, lied to the FDA about how addictive their product was and all this stuff. And so the uh, even scarier thing is Kratom doesn't even have to go through the FDA. Right. So the FDA has no ability to uh, regulate a, a product like Kratom. They're not, it's not a medication. Right. They don't sell it for anything. They don't say it really does anything. Although there are some weird claims on the, some weird, not claims quite, but some weird things that they say sometimes on their product label. They're, they are sometimes sold as things that will help with opiate withdrawal. It might say that occasionally on some packages. Right, it might help give you energy. It might help relieve pain. Yeah, all marketing plaws to so, try to get you to right. To buy the it. FDA can't even regulate that. They can say that, and the, and, and uh, they, I don't know totally how, but they can say that and get away with it. Yeah, which is there is very little study done on kratom. There is very little evidence that it helps opiate withdrawals. Uh, it is an opiate, basically. It binds to opiate receptors, so, so I can see how it, re, it it would help opiate withdrawals, but. Oh, now you got Kratom. Now you got another opiate you got to withdraw from, basically, right? And again, the, the tough thing is, is in the individual, the potential for abuse is high because they've already been abusing something. If it's if it's our people. Yeah. For sure. So let's jump we back agree. into the article where uh, they did this study. They had 20 products. You want to go ahead with, with uh, among the findings? Yeah. So um, one of the things they said was companies sell Kratom without dosing instructions a list of ingredients, or sometimes any label at all, leaving customers to determine product safety on their own. Vendors often brag about the strength of their Kratom, marketing powders and liquid shots as powerful, quote, powerful, or most potent, or long-lasting, 
yet the majority of products tested by the Times failed to disclose their intensity on labels. One packet of pills was so enhanced, a scientist compared it to legal morphine. That's exactly what I just got on talking about, right? Like that, I don't know how they're doing that. If it's not being manufactured in the United States, I would guess. Yeah, well, I think you're correct there. I think you're absolutely correct. What's another finding? All right, finding number two. At least a fifth of those who overdose... 20%. ...solely on Kratom used products manufactured to be more concentrated than traditional, fresh-leafed forms of the herb. A 39-year-old mother had an alarming level of Kratom... Kratom's main ingredient in her blood when she was found lying dead next to her baby on the living room floor. Police police discovered at least three pouches of Kratom powder inside her Palm Beach County home. Wow. I sh- yeah. Nine in ten people who died had a substance in their system that could be harmful when mixed with Kratom, including common medications used to treat anxiety or depression. Makers of prescription and over-the-counter drugs must notify consumers about the potential danger of combining their products with other substances, but the Kratom industry doesn't have to issue any such warnings. Kratom companies and lobbyists sell the plant as a safe way to escape opiate addiction, but people with a documented history of drug use accounted for the majority of Kratom-only overdoses. Mm. More than half of them had misused opiates like oxycodone or heroin, oxycodone or heroin. After a car crash shattered his spine, a Port Ritchie man took, got hooked on prescription painkillers, then overdosed on Kratom while trying to wean himself off hard drugs. Wow. So uh, one of the things the article that's, that's in, got several stories in right. in it. Port like it's, it's Port Ritchie's really. Twenty miles north of where I used to live, um, so I, uh, this is an important topic. I think we could spend a little bit of time on. Is again, I want to talk about those with a history of substance abuse. This is just another opiate, and when we try to figure out, like, uh, when we try to substitute another product for our drug of choice. If that other product does what our drug of choice does, we're going to get addicted to it. I feel like a lot of this stuff started with Spice. Do you remember Spice? Oh, yeah. It was kind of like the alternative remember, remember to Remember when people marijuana. were eating faces off of people? <laughs> right? Like that was Spice. We got to cover some, some of those stories some of these times. Yeah. But Spice came out and it was sold in smoke shops as like an alternative to marijuana. Right. And I think what that did is it ignited people's curiosity to what other extracts basically could be profitable. I mean, this is a billion dollar industry. It said that Kratom is currently a billion right. with a B dollar industry. Right. So the tough thing is, is all this stuff comes from some type of plan originally. And so that's if the, people are that's dying. The argument why people use it though, right? It's all natural. It comes from a plant. Okay, so does cocaine, so does heroin. So stop that argument right now. That's a ridiculous argument. It's all natural. Yeah, so is most of the stuff you ingested. Yeah. Yes. So that's ridiculous. Yeah, it is all natural, but not the stuff we get here in the United States. By the time they've chopped it up and added all kinds of stuff to it and and made it 40 times more potent. It's not natural. Well, and to be fair, I, I would say, like, I'm when I think of this article, 587 people died in Florida between, what was it, 2000? 2020 and 2022, I think, maybe? I think it was from, yeah. Most of those people are probably ordering stuff online. They're probably, like, in other words, I don't think you're going to go to a gas station and get a packet of pills and die from that. Like people obviously were taking very high amounts, but also I feel like they were marketing for that reason too. I mean, in one of the stories, the only thing that came on the package was a title that said train wreck. Train wreck is what you get. That's the whole label. That's all you, and you have, yeah. So it's super great. Um, Super. Can I just make a recommendation to anyone listening? Don't put something in your body that is listed as train wreck. <laughs> it's probably going to do something bad to you. Yeah, this gives the supplement industry a, a, a black eye for sure. I've Yeah. 
Um, yeah, but these guys aren't regulated like the supplement industry. The thing I think is industry is interesting is 587 people overdosed in Florida. Right. I would be interested to know what like a national right number was. Right. I don't know that we have much in the way of national numbers on this. I did try to look for some, didn't really see it. I saw, I saw a thing that included 40 states. But I didn't see anything that included a whole national number. Okay. I don't know why, how they picked. I don't even remember how they picked the forty states. But some of the numbers that we do have among the kratom-related overdose victims, ninety-four percent were Caucasian. Okay. Seventy-nine percent were male. So predominantly males. Predominantly white males. Yep. Okay. Ninety-six percent had a substance in their body that may be harmful when uh, mixed with kratom. So medication or ninety-six percent. Yeah. 83 used an opiate that contributed to their overdose. Okay. So those are great. So that could those have been. Are interesting numbers. Yeah. If you're, there's two things that we can get out of this so far. If you're using an opiate or if you have a history of substance abuse with opiates, Kratom is not for you, even though occasionally they will market that product as something that can help with opiate withdrawals. Yeah. It's not for you. It doesn't help with opiate withdrawals. It just is another opiate. Well, we would recommend that it's not for you. It's for not sure. for you. For sure. Um, if, if, you're, if you have a history of substance abuse, it, let me tell you what it does again. It goes into your brain, binds to mu opiate receptors, which releases dopamine. That was your problem in the first place. Hmm. You had, you, that if you're an opiate, if you're an ex-opiate substance abuser, right? then your problem was you took a product that bound opiate receptors in your brain that releases dopamine. And you're not going to get better by taking another product that goes into your brain, binds some opiate receptors, and releases dopamine. Yeah, well stated. Well stated. So a couple of the things. I feel like we've spent quite a bit of time in the problem. So let's talk about the solution. Because for a lot of people, like our, you know, like the individual John... Who was one of us, man? He was a guy in recovery. He's working at a treatment center. Right. He had a right. He's very beautiful much wife and right. a, a you know sweet looking daughter. Like, I I feel like people are looking for alternatives because they struggle with the anxiety, because they struggle with the depression, because maybe they struggle with chronic pain. Right. So, what are some other alternative options that people can do instead of going to the grocery store or instead of getting online? Sorry, the gas station. The four pillars we talk about in recovery, physical, take care of your physical health. What does your diet look like? What does your exercise routine look like? Are you even exercising it at all? Psychological. Okay. Don't, don't, don't move on too quick. Okay. I think this I was is, just going to go through the four. Yeah. You can, can pick which ones to talk about. Okay. Keep going then. Do so the, psychological. We'll get back to it. Right. Okay. Social and spiritual. Those are the four pillars of recovery. Okay. Go ahead. Well, the the topic now goes towards if you are struggling emotionally, typically, this is why people medicate, right? Because they're struggling yeah. emotionally. If you're struggling emotionally and your first go-to is to put a substance into your body that changes how you feel, that right there is the essence of addiction, Well said. So if you are suffering emotionally, you should look at those four pillars and see what you can do to optimize, to maximize your, your standing in all four of those pillars. Are you paying attention to your physical health? When's the last time you went to the gym? Have you analyzed what you're eating? Do any of these things make you feel better when you do them, right? We know, and this is not necessarily the podcast to to dwell on this topic for a long time, but we know that exercise benefits emotional and and mental health. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And if you're not exercising, but you're going to try to find a fix by putting a capsule into your body, that is the essence of addiction. Yeah. Some of them can, I feel like, help, right? But you you have to have a foundation. You have to have some type of, uh, that's your recovery. What does your recovery program look right. like, right? Exactly. So one of the things that I always find super interesting is um, clients. Clients typically in outpatient now have access to caffeine, to nicotine, to fast food, 
right? To all, all, all those things. And listen, you might think like, oh my gosh, okay, but it's not drugs. Well, some of them technically are. Caffeine and nicotine technically are. But here's the thing I want to focus on. I have clients that will come into an individual session and they'll say, I feel terrible. I, I'm struggling with anxiety, you know, their knees bouncing and, and they're like, and I, when I wake up, I don't even want to get out of bed. So there's the depression symptoms. Right. And then I'll watch them. Most of the time, what are they showing up with every morning? Uh, two cups of coffee, five cups of coffee and... Bag of McDonald's or a bag of Burger right, King. Right. right. And some candy. Yep. Thing of candy, right? Thing right. of a monster. Or they go back... Or a giant thing of Dr. Pepper. And they make a pot of what I call jet fuel, right? Which is like triple the amount of... Right. And they don't and, drink one cup of it. And the thing that I don't think a lot of people, and it's not just people in early recovery, it's not just people in treatment. I think everybody, you know, one of the things that even for myself, when I start getting into working out, if I'm taking a supplement that is high in caffeine, mm-hmm. which I'm, is common ex- among workout people, right? Absolutely. Pre-workout is filled with, typically is filled with stimulus. Some of them are so ridiculous that, I mean, you, <laughs> people have like had heart attacks and stuff, no right? No question. Um if I'm taking high amounts of caffeine and or high amounts of nicotine, I can expect to have anxiety. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I caffeine can. is definitely not helping anyone's anxiety. So, again, it's taking a look at what are your what does your daily habits look like, right? Yeah, like I, I'd like to make a little disclaimer. We're not saying that you can't do that. You can't have any pre-workout. We're not saying you can't drink a cup of coffee. Right. It's not what we're trying to say here. We are trying to say if you want to optimize how you feel and therefore minimize your chances of having to take something that would make you feel different, then you should look at these areas in your life and just yeah. make sure. We're not saying don't don't ever touch anything with caffeine in it. We're saying just look at it. Make make sure you're paying attention to it. If you've let yourself drink seven cups of coffee in a morning, yep, you're going to have some anxiety. Yeah. Absolutely. Everything you put into your body is going to produce some type of outcome, whether it's food, caffeine, et cetera. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Psychological. I can okay. literally remember, doc, I, this was, I went to the doctor and I was having massive, this isn't recently, this is back in the day, right? I was having- Back in the day yesterday. <laughs> I was having massive anxiety and I had a lot of, I was going through a divorce and tons of personal stuff in my life. And I can remember saying to the doctor, like, I need something for this anxiety. And she looked me dead in the face and she's like, what you need to do is start finding solutions for those problems. Mm. And I was like, wait, what? Yep. Where's the pad? Yep. And no, in that moment, com- I didn't want to hear that, but right. she was dead on. No qu- no question. Common amongst us is we don't want to fix our problems. We want to take something that makes it go away. No, no, no. Face your problem head on and the anxiety will go away. Which is Do easier said than done. Do what you can about the... It's, it's hard. There's so, no question. So now we've moved into the second <laughs> pillar, which it's is a, psychological. It's a podcast, so we get to say whatever we want. We understand <laughs> these things are easy to say. Yeah. But uh, but they need to be said also, and we need to pay attention to them. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Well so psychologically, face your problems. What can you do about them rather than running away from your problems, which is what every substance we put into our body is aimed, which is what we try to do with substances we put in our body is to run away from problems. Yeah. One Tackle of the, one of the books that really helped me in the psycho- psychological department was The Power of Now. Mm, Eckhart it's, Tolle, right? Eckhart Tolle, yep. It's one of those that I have to often refer back to, to remind myself future projecting yep. scenarios that Produce may or may anxiety. not may or may not happen. I'm literally punishing myself twice because mm-hmm. number one, if I'm worried that it's going to happen, I have to face the worry. And then if it does happen, which I'm most likely going to man- manifest that I'm big into that stuff, then I have to deal with it when it does happen. Yeah. I think that one of the things we know about anxiety is it's always about the future. Mm. It's always about the worst, not always, it's usually about the worst case scenario. We've imagined something that's going to happen, which is unlikely to happen. And paying attention to exactly what you're doing right here and right now will reduce anxiety. Yeah. You've got to be looking at the future to have anxiety. Using mindfulness. Yeah. We only got got two minutes minutes left here. Not much longer. Socially. Okay. You know how many people I have that come see me and they come in and they are socially lacking. 
That's what fellowships are nice for. Right. Like, listen, whether you believe in the 12 steps or not, I, my old sponsor used to say to me, Jared, what happens 15 minutes before the meeting and what happens for the next hour or so after the meeting is just as important, if not more important than the meeting itself. Hmm. What was he talking about? Building community. Socializing. Yes. Yeah. Having people that you can talk to about anything and particularly about your problems with drug and alcohol. That will understand and not look at you like you're a weirdo. Well said. Yeah. Well said. Last one, spiritual. That looks different for everybody, Mm. right? It does. It looks dramatically different for everybody. And we've done episodes about the difference between religion and spirituality. Mm -hmm. And my, my biggest thing I'll say on that is find what works for you. Yep. Right? And then do it. Both for social and for spiritual, that is my recommendation. That is what I beg for people to do. Don't tell me what doesn't work for you, right? Don't tell me the glass is half full. Don't tell me about the waves. Just bring in the boat. Like figure out what it is that will work for you. Let's switch that perception. Yeah, excellent. I I will point out that uh, I'm fairly religious. Yeah. Uh, I learned more about spirituality and recovery, but I've been always fairly religious. Religion has its ups and downs, and you can criticize, you can whatever. Religion is just another community you can use for Absolutely. community. Absolutely. If that and a lot of people find spirituality in religion. No question. It's, I mean, it's listen, organized I go to spirituality, a non-denominational but, Christian church, and when they when that band lights up and they start playing some music, oh, yeah. I mean, I feel spiritually connected. Yeah, I feel lovely. connected to something bigger than myself. Yeah. Right. I'm sure it's the same thing with like group prayer. Right. Or, or blessings that, right. that are done in different uh, organizations. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay, we are almost out of time. Listen, to summarize, Kratom can be deadly. It's no good for those of us that struggle with substance abuse. Stay away from it. Well said. And I just want to take a take minute care of yourself. and say, listeners, thank you so much. Man, I am so grateful every single time I take a look at how fast this thing is spreading. Share it with a loved one. Share it with somebody who you know could benefit from it. We'll see you guys next time. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for joining us today on We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Help us spread our message of hope. Like, comment, and share. If you have any topics or ideas for future shows, please share that on our Facebook page. That Facebook page is We Do Recover with Jared Miller. If you or a loved one needs help, please reach out to us. Again, thank you for listening. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center, Rise Up Sups, and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of its sponsors. This has been a production from A Podcast Studio.